for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Now let's get back to the show. All right, man. It's six pack lap at that. And this time we got UK's finest. Um, <laughs> my man Abdul's here. He goes by Mo and Jurens. We were just talking about your podcast, UK scene, and how you were saying, um, I just asked you when you started the podcast. So maybe go ahead. What, how did this podcast come about? Yeah, um, again, as I said, is we just wanted another way to how we can help the sport itself. You know, how can we share that insight that some of us have? Because sometimes people just see us on the platform. Yeah. But the reality is we are human beings. We have got lives. And sometimes people want to hear, hear about that life. Probably they want to learn a thing or two from it. So myself, Espen, and uh, my coach, Joey, we said, oh, why don't we start a podcast? So literally three months ago, we just decided, you know what? Let's buy Max. Let's buy Gears. We just bought everything. And then we just started a dumb thing. So yeah, it's been going on. Dude, this is how you get things to grow, though. Like in terms of like the UK scene and the UK scene starting to pop, like you got UK Arnold coming around and, and looking at the lineup. Holy shit, man. You got world champions. This is looking like a stacked UK Arnold. Um, and then obviously Sheffield, which is the biggest of the big powerlifting competitions coming to the UK. Like it's, it's ready to pop. And then you look at the world championships and um, I don't got to tell you fellas podium at worlds and uh, from like the joy Namanis of the world to the world games with Tony Cliff and whatnot, like UK scene, you guys got great Britain's got shooters. Right, and, um, and this is the time now to have a podcast and talk about it and keep it growing. And so how have you found having this podcast, like um, having guests on and whatnot? Like, I remember when I first started, King of this is going back like 2016-ish. I remember when I first started, I would come in with like 16 questions written down. Um, I would send an email ahead of time with people to answer the questions. Tell me a story one time that you did this. Tell me a story one time that you did that. Tell me, like, I was so overly prepared. It was all, it wasn't organic conversation at all though, because of it. Right. Like I was just like, uh, it was, it was just different. And then it morphed into what it morphed into. But, um, how were you finding it? I think the fact that I'm mean, looking at a few podcasts on in the media, I mean, including yourself is like, we've learned from that. It's not just, we starting from nowhere. So we've right. watched all these professional doing, you think, okay, how can we position ourselves? So we've made it so casual to the point where sometimes research don't matter anymore. Sometimes we do the research, but we come to the session and we just forget about the research. We just talk about, we just, we just fo follow the flow. So that's how it is. So we're bringing people in as a conversation. It's not an interview. It's not an exam. They're sitting. It's about be comfortable and talk about anything. So that's how literally we went with it. I mean, yes, the first one, the first few one, of course, there's always room for improvement. There's always things that we learn. Sometimes we go at topic. Sometimes we bring ourselves in. That's why you see like as, as long as we're doing this, but we got people on the side who say, okay, guys, you guys are going off topic here. Come back. So yeah. we just we intend to learn from each other as well. So yeah, I 100%. So if it's like, um, I'll do research. If it's someone relatively new and I, and I'm not familiar, here's a, the benefits of being, for instance, King of Lifts, I repost every fucking day. So I know what everybody's doing And like, I'm reading captions, like, like if you're injured or you're whatever, there's like some people are going to slip through the crack because the world's a big place, right? Like yeah. I literally will still get messages being like, I'm ranked 14th in the untested rap division. <laughs> How am I not being posted? And you don't know who I am. And like, dog, yeah. <laughs> like dude, there's a cabillion people, like the world's a big place. Come on, man. But for the most part, if you're a relatively big name and big hitter in the sport, I know what's going on with you because I literally am checking on people constantly every day posting. And then on top of that, um, through commentary and worlds and the whole line, I'm at the event. So I like, you just know what's going on for the most part, right? Um, so when people come on, oftentimes I'm going to know a lot of their, their situation already, but I'll prepare if I don't, if I'm not like, um, 
you know, if I'm like, let me just check, let me just see when they started powerlifting, how many world championship appearances, et cetera, before they popped on their rate on my radar. Like for instance, yourself, you had done several world championships previously, and this was the one that you popped. Right. And, um, so I need to double backtrack and be like, was he involved in some of these other ones? And, uh, just whatever, just a little extra, little extra, little tidbits. But I also totally understand if you come in super duper prepared, and the conversation is flowing into some, sometimes I've had people on like Gavin, Penna and whatever in, or Taylor. And it starts flowing into some beautiful places where you're like, I'm not going to stop the direction we're going in. But it's like, it, it just happens organically to ask you. So in 2018, and it's like, you could tell if you're listening, that was a prepared question. Cause you're not <laughs> fucking paying attention to what this guy's saying. There's a conversation and I hate when I'm listening to a podcast. I'm like, you guys are flowing into like a, you guys are getting into something right here. Keep going. Yeah. Actively listen and, and ask questions based off what you're hearing. Yeah. Throw aside. Okay. So anyways, and you just totally go off track too. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> we had something here. And then other times um, the conversation, it's not quite like that. It's just whatever, you know, it's, it, so I come prepared for both, but uh, I totally get it, man. Mm-hmm. And, and Mo, how you doing, man? How's the content? You're putting out the content on YouTube. Doing, just to make sure, can you actually hear me clearly? Oh, yeah, man. We got you. Oh, have a fun. Yeah, um, so I'm actually in the same area as Jerry's. I'm in London right now. Um, so the weather is pretty interesting. It's really hot, but I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good right now. Yeah. Good, man. Listen, when we were in Worlds and um, you were doing the commentary with me for some of those B groups and uh, you were saying like, I'm a bit like when I go into like deads, first off, when I go on squats, I'm kind of calm, cool, collected. Yeah. It's picking up a little bit on bench. And by that time yeah. I get the deadlifts, I'm like a fucking hurricane hitting that platform. <laughs> and um, like, you didn't say that on the broadcast. Like, oh, nah. fuck, oh shit. <laughs> but um, dude, holy smokes, both you guys showed up and showed out at the world championships, collecting medals. Um, what was your guys' overall impression of the world championships? Who wants to go? Mo, you want to go first? Because me and Jerns were just talking. I'll go first. Um, Walls was insane. Um, first day I landed, well, actually, it was the second day I landed. I get a message from Joe saying, do you want to step in the commentary booth? So that was ridiculous. Had the opportunity to sit behind the desk and watch the whole lifting first stop, which is really nice. The competition itself was very interesting, but it went really well, especially for my first Walls. The venue was insane. The hotel was insane. The food was really nice. <laughs> it was it was, an, it was an interesting experience overall. This is... um. Like, were you expecting the podium going in or what was your expectations? Because you had a fucking an amazing day. Uh, I was, was I expecting to podium going in? Yes and no. I, 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 it depends on how, first of all, we knew um, you had Emil and you had Mikey. And it was pretty clear that unless they both had a terrible day, they were going to be fighting for first and second. So it was just going to be between me and Coco. Now, Coco's training online looked really good. Yeah. So it was more of if he had a bad day, I could catch up to him. Or if I had a spectacular day, I might be in the position to catch up to him. So there was, I, I never, I don't try and put expectations on the meet, but it was somewhere in the back of my mind that there is a potential if someone slips up, I might be able to pick up something here. You got, that's why, you know, we don't just go off nominations, man. You got to show yeah. up and play this thing out. Huh? Cause that's not how things always go. And some people like back off from competitions. Cause they're like, wow. Like if it's a local thing and they're like, who's going? Um, yeah. And you may or may not show up. Like, now show up, do your best. You go nine for nine and somebody starts dropping a ball. That door opens up, man. That's you're in. How about you, Jurens? What was your expectations going into the world championships? I mean, first, again, it's, it's all about, we look at the nomination, isn't it? You will look at the nomination and we look across the, your competitors, how they're training and all of that. Um, Cause um, I do follow a few 83s around the world. So it's pretty much like the top 10s. So I've been chatting to them. Even when Emilio got injured, he messaged me. He was like, mate, good luck for world. I can't make it. So I'm injured. I was like, oh, I'm gutted because he beat me at the Euros. I wanted to literally show him <laughs> the world stage. Like, I can beat you. <laughs> so, um, but in terms of like placing, I did not have some sort of an expectation of being top three or top two. No, I went toward knowing, okay, 2018, I went toward with what, 15 or 13 people. I came eighth, I think with a mediocre total, which it was my first word. I take the experience was brilliant. You know, I didn't really care about the lifting. I only care about the experience in 2018, 2019, I did my best. And I came, I think 13th out of um, 20 odd people. 
again to me was yeah but this time around i said okay i need to be on the top five all right because every single year you get that improvement the top five would be a successful um placing for me because again i arrived in south africa the day before i left and then i got to the airport they were telling me they car would take me two hours to drive it ended up being a four and a half hours drive Holy right? yeah so this is an I insane story hotel around i literally got to the hotel around what i think it was about 6 7 p.m and i just went like oh shit i just need to go to bed then no eating for me so i got something quick but again because i don't cut weight or anything i don't need to worry about that so i just had something quick went to bed straight and i slept and woke up the next day like i just before breakfast so yeah i was not expecting anything all i was expecting like top five i'll be more than happy for it so yeah uh, first off damn could you not get any <laughs> was it just not on the cards in terms of vacation days or whatever to be able to get no there sooner? It's, it's not even that it's because again um, um abdul mentioned it in the in the podcast you had i'm a family man now i got a young kid at home so i had his birthday plan on the 13th of april and my missus got sick so we had to cancel that birthday and push it. So because of the weekend, people not being available and we end up getting the 4th of June. That's the only day we could do the birthday. And it's my son's first birthday. I can't just miss it. So I said, okay, cool. We have to change this. And plus, when I qualify for World, as soon as I did my British and I won, I messaged the head coach straight. I said, am I going to be on the team? He was like, of course you won. You're going to be on the team. And I booked my flight straight. I didn't wait. I booked my yeah. flight straight. Even though I'm an SPD now, I know SPD can cover all that. I was like, all that can be done there. I don't give a shit. I booked my South Africa straight the flight. And then when they released the date when I'm lifting, I was like, oh, crap. I'm arriving on the 7th and I'm lifting on the 8th. This is going to be tight. And yeah, then that I was, was tight, dog. Yeah. And you had a flight on... delay, you fucked. But go on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was pray. That's prayers. I was praying. I was like, if this flight is delayed, I'm done. Yeah. I'm literally posted. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, because I got tons of people got flight delays, but it is what it is. Thank God you didn't, man. Um, yeah. And in terms of like the lifting standards, because you obviously there was a shakeup in 83s. Um, Tim had struggled to get a squat in, et cetera. But they're more than just Tim. So Tim, I think, was high. But there was other calls that like some people were like, uh, I'm not sure about. Like, for instance, um, like Gavin Aiden's world record yeah. squat. You know what? So we talked about it. At the time, I was like, that looked a little high to me. Then, and then later on that night, I was like, yeah, I was telling you fellas, or I was telling you, Jared's like, yeah, I think it looked high to me. Then the next day, Gavin, me and Gavin were hanging out and he's like, you still think this looks high? Take a look at this right now. And I'm like, fuck me. I don't know if that is high now. And I'm like, damn it. And, Cause I was so emphatically like, no, nope, that was, it was higher than this. Here's the thing. It's all relative. And it's a second long when you see it live. So if it's, if you sink your first and second, but the third is higher, it can deceive you a little. Right. And then, um, so I wasn't sure now, not like it was a ripoff, but, uh, it was tough. And then there's other ones like, um, so that went against the lifter. Then other ones like joys went for her and it was controversial. Like it's none of them are like dead to rights. None of them are like dead to rights ripoffs, but they're debatable. So in this is sports, whatever the shit, you're going to have debatable. This is it. Right. But, uh, and then obviously Jesus Olivares, um, the squats, the dead for sure his knees unlocked, but the squats, you know, again, man, it's on that line. How, and this was the discussion point at worlds. How did you guys find the calls? And if you want to bring up specific calls, you go ahead and you can tell me your opinions on it, but what you, where were you guys overall impressions? So I got, I actually got two red lights in my last squat. Yeah, you have to get overturned by the jury. But I, I think in, <laughs> I've been competing for about five years now. I've never had two red lights on the squat ever until that competition. Like I saw my opener was two red, then two whites and one red, and I was like, I can't go any deeper than this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was it was pretty harsh calls overall. Um, but for the Gavin one, I think to be fair, if you watched in real time, it did look borderline, and I think because maybe it was a world record, they were a bit harsher on him on that day. Um, but looking back at the videos and watching the whole comp again, I think he sunk that. It's tough. What I think for, for, for my part, yeah. Um, again, I said I know his world standards and international standard things are tough. But I think um, I, I know IPF probably going to get me on this. But 
yeah, who gives a fuck? It's getting on the left. I think we they've been too harsh to a certain extent because when you watch the Gavin one, when you watch um, the Oliveras one in the 120 plus, you can clearly see these guys can't do more than that, right? They can't go any deeper than that. And them getting red, at one point I was thinking, is it the position where the referees are sitting? To they change probably where the chairs are? probably to see in a better view. So again, I know they're using the, um, the replay, especially the jury use the replay. But to me, is is it fair to use the replay? When you give it to some people, no offense, more, I love you, but you, give more, <laughs> you turn more one down and you give it to him and then you turn Gavin one off. Which is mean that, to me, there's no consistency. We have to be consistent. You know, we have to call for that consistency across the board in IPF. If the referee have to sit in certain angle, or even if we have to get more referees on the platform, I don't give a shit. Have mm. it. Because people work hard for these squats. Although I didn't get my last squat because I didn't work hard for it. That's normal. <laughs> but people that did get their one, they go turn over. It's not fair. We've been too strict. That's that's my point there. How do you, mm. how do you feel about... Because um, I... So that's an, you, you raise some interesting points. I think I, I like a slow-mo replay only because um, it happens so quickly. And, and you're right about the angles that sometimes it's like in real time, it's so quick. If I'm not sure, I often will be like, let me take a look at this fucking thing. Slow down from a different angle. So I don't, I, I do like that. But I do also agree that like there's upholding the standard but then there's impacting negatively and, and, and I would like to see the benefit more going towards the lifter. And there's a couple times there where it, it looked like the benefit could have went towards a lifter and it didn't. And um, that's kind of, that's where I'm on the same page as you. Now, how do we get there? I'm not entirely sure. And, and one thing I'll, I'll also, what like, I agree with that. You want the jury there, but you don't want them impacting too much. It, it, there seemed to be a lot of jury interaction and in jumping in yeah. this world's than any other worlds I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know if that's a course correction where they were legitimately thinking to themselves, like they saved Joy Namani. So it, like, you know, I, I mean, it, it, I don't know. I don't know what's too much, what's too little. We're just kind of sorting it out. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. Though? But this goes to, yeah. look, look at the, look at the, um, the Swedish guys, the Eddie calls on the bench press. I mean, um, Ryan, if I was in AD's place, the way I am because I'm a very short-tempered guy, I would probably never going to come back again and bench. I would just mm. go home. That's how I am. That's how I react to things. So the first attempt to the second attempt, we all were there watching, thinking, these men are taking the mick. You know, this man posed the bench like five to ten seconds posing. To him, it feels like 100 years. Mm. But you still, the, the referee is saying, oh, yeah, the ball needs to be adjusted. How much do you want the ball to be adjusted on his chest? Do you know what I mean? These are the things that the cause I sat there. I'm thinking, oh my God, this man is a slap. <laughs> what do you think, Mo? Um, I think, I think uh, it's a tricky one because, I, to be fair, when it comes to international competitions and even when you watch things like the Olympics and the highest level of sports in general, they always tend to have little unique rules where as a lifter or not as a lifter, as a lifter, you think it's unfair. And as a viewer, you get confused as to why you're getting this little got disqualified. Like if you watch Olympic lifting, they get weird little calls for elbows not being fully locked out. Yeah. It's very minor things. So I think if the IPF, it's, it's the most, it's international standard. You don't want to have a lift be a world record. And then five years later, everyone's watching it going, that's, that was a bit borderline or, oh, there's this squat record that is, everyone knows it's a bit high now. But back then, people were like, oh, let's give it for flexibility or because it looks better on TV. So I think being harsher is better long term. It, it sucks in right now for everyone. But I think if you just have it such that you have, if you want to score a red rec um, award record, you have to bear it. I think it's, let's just go forward with it for now. Yeah. And then we can have money meets like Sheffield or more international ones where the rules might be a little bit more comfortable for the lifter. But I think on the IPF stage, it's a bit... It's fair that it's harsher, but also the judges, some judges were, like Joan said, taking the mick, like just handing out ridiculous calls. It is, um like, if I had to pick, I'd rather yeah. it be harsher than loose. Like, you know, some feds, mm. we see videos where it's loose and um, 
like the like people are squatting high and you're like what the fuck and like that's a world record in our fed and it's high and it's like jesus man this look so like i'd much if it's both if, if i have to choose one or the other let's go let's go the ipf route for sure because at least then when one of you fellas like i got a world record what fed and they're like in the ipf People like, you know, oh, it's, oh, fuck, yeah. I'm going to assume that's as legit as I like, <laughs> like, say less. I don't, you want to see the video? Nah, I'm assuming that squat was, <laughs> I'm assume that a lot, you know what I mean? So <laughs> at the very least, like you were saying, Mo, to your point, there's that where there's no discussion on that, but um, there is, you just don't want it to be too much negatively impacting the action taking place where um, it's, there, there is a tipping point. It's difficult, man. And I don't know, maybe this is just this particular world championships and there'll be more course correction to come. And maybe they're, they're taking, they're like, I know the IPF brass, they listen to podcasts, they read comments and they fucking, they know what's going on. So they might be hearing stuff and be like, you know what? Maybe uh, moving forward, you know what I mean? They take feedback. You know what I mean? They take feedback. So we'll see what happens. But um, how are you guys for the jury's involvement? Do you think like, do you like the replay, the slow-mo replay in sports is a contentious debate as well. Some people like fuck it on the fly, let whoever's sitting in the field, call their call and, and rest on that. Or, and they don't, some people don't, this is for all sports, don't like pause, replay, or, or, or there should be a limitation of how often you do that because it breaks up things, it overturns calls, whatever. How do you guys feel about this in our sport? Um, so I'll just go first. I think it's it depends. So for squats, I like the replay because obviously that saved me. And I think a lot of lifters might argue, <laughs> might argue that it's nice to have the jury in to be like Joy would definitely be very happy. Oh, she's fine there. with it. She's fine with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few other lifters. Um, depending on who, what side of the competition you're on. Um, but then for bench, that's when it got a bit tricky because you, you saw people get punished for that replay. Um, like lifts that look perfectly fine, but as soon as you play, replay from a different angle and you see that light shine through, you got all the bombers up. And like, it's, it's a bit hit and miss because it's, but the bench was really harsh. Like having, having a good lift of the turn, like 30 seconds later, because the jury's watched the replay on the fly and gone, oh, I saw light go through. It's, it's a harsh call. And um, on the squats, I think it's it's a good thing. What do you think, Jurens? I mean, for me, again, the replay, as you mentioned there, every single sport, when you pee the replay, some people like it, some people don't. But in RPF, I think, especially for people that are watching at home, I like it in terms of like, oh, for instance, like when my dad watched on the Eurosport, when I went on replay, he was like, see, that's my son that just squatted right there. <laughs> right, and they did the replay again. See, that's him again. So yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's yeah. exciting for the viewers, which is really great. Um, they, the jury, I think it come down to, again, 30 seconds later, you turn down the lift. So mentally the lifter knows that like, I got that lift and then they're not realizing you didn't get that lift. So mm. it means they have to change their plan at that instant. I know, I mean, even Taylor Howard said it in terms of like, you need to adapt. You need to be able to be able to adapt to the situation. It's easy for some, but it's really hard for others. You know, as you mentioned there more, you miss a bench 30 seconds later to tell you like, oh yeah, your bench was turned down. You're just thinking like, oh fuck, I've lost five kilos on the bench. So that mean on the deadlift, I need to pull more, five more kilo. So at that time, literally mentally, you know that, oh my God, I'm five kilo behind. So it can actually mess up your entire day, especially if you don't have good handlers. But in Team GB, what we intend to do is, we intend not to tell the lifter. We just we intend to just let them carry on with their day, just go on with their day. At the end, if they need to put that five kilo on that last deadlift, if you, do, you got it, you convince them that you go more. If you had seven, we'll put 12 because you lost five on the bench. Um, so we intend to keep it secret, but people that don't have really good handlers, it can mess up the day. And, and, um, you know, there's something to be said for if it's, if there's some calls that people don't like, if a call gets somewhat fumbled, let's say like a butt rose up on the bench, there is something to be said for, and some people enjoy, I don't know if I'm worded this right, but a little human error aspect, like in baseball, what they're saying in yes. terms of the strike zone changing or whatever, they're like, that's kind of part of it. Like if you're like, Oh fuck, you got that one by, I don't, you know, like when you see the replay, like, Oh shit, the butt came up, but it is what they didn't catch it, but they didn't catch it. However, 
you could say that. So you're like, you know, sometimes there is something, oh shit, you know, all right, we got by on that one. Better keep the butt down the next one though, because they're going to look. However, yeah. if you're, if you're in the, if you're like part of the opposition and yeah. that person's a beating you and that's the five kilo, they got on bench. You're like, well, fuck me. Yeah. If I could have my that's- butt raised or if I could squat a stitch higher, I would have went five kilo more. So there's always a double. There is no right and wrong to these discussions. That's what makes it fucking beautiful, man. It's sports debates. Um, yeah. I also want, I want to get your guys opinion also on, um, cause we're already fucking damn near halfway through the show, man. We could <laughs> listen, fellas, we're going to have to do this again and again, because we, we could, I got a feeling we could bullshit up for like two hours straight if we wanted to. Um, so <laughs> Easily. So in terms of with the world championships, um, obviously Jesus Oliveras did not hit the qualifier for Sheffield, which was very, no one's seen that coming. Um, no. I thought he would have hit that would have been, a, you know, but it is what it is. Neither did Tim Monagati. Uh, Meg Scanlon won 63s, didn't hit the qualifying, uh, the qualifying for Sheffield. In terms of what we have right now, four for women, five for men's in terms of the wild cards being handed out. What are some of the rematches you guys feel we should see at Sheffield? Well, first off, let me just ask, are you guys going to be at Sheffield? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't worry. Okay, cool. Then, good, not, good, not, good, good. Not necessarily competing. But first we'll row. Yeah, for I'll, sure. I'll, I'll, be on the, I'll be on the first row. All right, my mans. All right, we'll, see, we'll all see each other. Cool. All right, so who, what are some of these matchups that you're like, this person's got to get that fucking wild card? On the women's side, I can go. On the women's side, it's definitely Jessica and Agatha. That is that is number one on that side. Um, on the men's side, I think everyone needs to see the Ray Williams and Jesus Oliveira. Whether whether Ray does a comp or not, I really don't like. It. I don't care if Ray does a comp or whatever. He just needs to be on that stage. Really, irrespective. Yeah, I think even though he's far behind Jesus, I don't think he'll be so crazy far behind that it'll be like a complete washout. But just having two massive men moving a massive amount of weight. I think that's a massive seller that everyone will want to see. What do you think, Endurance? I mean, personally, on the women's side, again, Jason Agatha has to happen. You know, that is, it's a legendary. So he's, you know, just won the world championship. Agatha came second, but we still think there's a lot into the fight that we didn't see. There's oh, yeah. more into it. We want to see it. It that's ain't over. <laughs> that's, that's on the women's side, but on the men's side, again, when, again, you look at the cross, right? I would love to have Anatoly there because Anatoly need that revenge with Emil. I would love to literally see Anatoly going like up against Emil when his feet is ready. I yeah. would love to see that. But it looks like probably might not happen because Anatoly doesn't have the infrastructure at the moment due to the wars happening there. But that leaves us with um, Ray. Ray and um, Oliveira, it has to happen. It has no to. No shit. Okay. So... I got some follow-up questions. I like the, you guys' responses, by the way. All right, let's go over to the women's. First off for that, I am 100%. If I if there's one matchup, I got to adjust. That was bonkers. That session period, I've been commentating for a hot minute since 2016. So there's a shitload of sessions I've commentated. The 76s and 93 men was absolutely, that was one of the best sessions, maybe the best session I've ever commentated with like, because they they, the 76s and 93s were the same session. It was amazing. And SBD needs their to try their best to replicate that with their matchmaking. If they're like, you know, in boxing and MMA, you have your matchmaker. And their whole goal is, how do I make this when people tune in to buy the pay-per-view for this boxing match or UFC, they leave being like, holy fuck, that action produced. And SBD right now is in that position where... Um, they need to make it produce like the 76s and 93s did because the hype on Sheffield is bonkers so they need this to work so now they're all crunching their heads like how does this happen agatha jess is almost as sure a lock as you're gonna find there's it's they're so close neck and neck even if agatha progresses jess is gonna progress like it's gonna be close anyways because even if agatha progresses more than jess if someone wants to argue that because she's younger jess goes last because she deads she's got the biggest dead in the world in the ipf period of all time uh when she pulled that last one so it'll cut co- you're guaranteed it's going to come down to the very last deadlift when that happens say less you got yourself your show that's that's yeah. whether she hits it or doesn't hit it it's coming down to the very show. last deadlift you're you're sold I, I could fucking sell that as a commentator whatever if i'm going number two for the women's 
I want to get you guys' opinions on this. But okay. I'm thinking Jed Jacob and uh, Joy Namani, the rematch. Because um, Jed, being a junior and pushing Joy to the fucking brink, she lost by 0.5 kilo. Now, that wasn't Joy's best performance. I know that she's done 492 and a half, um, and this was 480.5. Like, I know that wasn't top end for Joy. However, Jad, by next year, we can argue can throw on another 10 kilo. Like she's a, she's, she's young. She's a junior. Yep. Um, and in terms of excitement, you know, a Jad coming from France and French women, just the overall picture of the wave of momentum France has, you could sell that and people viewing. Um, and in terms of rematches, like this business was not settled. This is unsettled mm-hmm. business. The controversy Joy squats. Some 50% say shouldn't have gone through. 50% say should have gone through. The controversy. Oh, let's fucking settle it then. Oh, she only won by 0.5. Let's settle it then. This is how you settle it, right? This is, I'm thinking that is a rematch I want to see in the women's. Um, and then in terms of who else? Ah, fuck. I don't know. What do you, what do you boys? What do you think? What you is, um, I know everyone's kind of saying it's all settled, like Tiffany versus Heather. Like Tiffany put on a performance and a half extra on that stage. She she made it, she put on such a performance that's even hard to break it at Sheffield. That's how far she pushed right. it. She pushed herself so far. But Heather didn't have the best then. Also, a 57 kg, I think Heather's in 57 kg woman pulling maybe over 200 would be absolutely insane at Sheffield. I think that is one that people might look forward to see. And I think Heather has a chip on the shoulder now that she got washed out so much at the competition. I mean, for me, I think I'll go a little bit on a different direction, guys. Sorry about okay. this. No, I would love to see Leah against Carola at Sheffield. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, my man. The, the reason I'm saying that, I've just watched Carola at the World Games equipped. I know he's yeah. equipped. We're all going to see everything. Yeah, but that's equipped, though. The performance this girl put on that platform is just unreal. And I said to myself, with a fit and healthy layer against her, is a battle. Now we're talking about Jess and um, Agatha, which is we can't take that away from these two, right? They're legend. And I'm sure at the moment, I know people will get me on this, but the next battle that can rival that is Leah's a 63 and Carola. Yeah, in terms of, in terms of, um, I mean, there's a lot of parallels there. Agatha was coming over as the world champion and equipped and also did world games. And Carola, not only has she won the classic world championships and beat Leah at Worlds 2019, this wasn't full send Leah, but still, um, she's won classic and equipped in world games. Now, like uh, Carola Cara is like, she's an all time great. She retires right now. She's just got to wait for a Hall of Fame nomination in the future when the first year ballot, like she's, she's phenomenal. In the fact that these ladies also have some unfinished business, let's see what happens. People could say like, well, Leah's total right now. Yeah, but Corolla is, is moonlighting in the equipped and doing her thing. If she goes full into the classic and into a, a showdown, now we might get it at Europeans. And let me just say, I fucking no, love No, we that. might. She's coming to European. I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, there it is. As long as everything, look at, I want to be, as long as everything goes forward like it should, right? But, um, but you're right. It's, it's, it's set to happen. So it, it, we might get it there and we'll see what the hell happens. And um, I, I don't think it'll lose any steam. Let me just say, I love that the Europeans has now got these clashes between world champions and whatnot. And, and the regard outside of Europe and the rest of the world now gets excited for the European championships. That wasn't always the case. And hopefully more and more people are getting excited for the European championships and start realizing um, there are some quality world-class lifters at the European championships. But um, yeah, let's see what happens at the European Championships. If it's like a settled, if like one of them wins by a landslide, it might take a little steam off. Um, because to most point, if I'm honest, I could see them giving Heather uh, 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 one of the wild cards. But when somebody wins with a nice, with a pretty big spread, and yeah. she didn't just win with a big spread. Like I know Heather didn't have the day she wanted, but on he- Heather's, you take Heather's best day and it's still a pretty big spread beneath what turbo tiff did and that's not an indictment on heather heather's one of the greatest 47s of all time it's more just a kudos to turbo tiff whom she's competitive as a 47 her numbers are competitive with the 52s 
You know what I mean? Like she's just another, I mean, she's the best lifter of the whole fucking world championships. Like she's phenomenal. So um, it depends on what happens at Europeans. If the spread between Leah and Corolla, if it just happens to be like, wow, I kind of, it can go either way. Or it could be right down to the wire and everyone's like, Jesus, I need a rematch, right? Um, we'll have to see. Now, in terms of the men's, I'm moving this along pretty quick. Sorry, fellas, but I know we got a limited time. Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> okay. So in terms of the men's um, with Ray, this was interesting. Now, I'm with you, fellas. There's nothing like a super heavyweight showdown. There's nothing quite Imagine. Like Imagine the poster. That's all you have to think of. Just two massive guys on both ends of the poster. It would look absolutely insane. That's all I'm thinking. It's like Titans clashing. When you see these guys in real life and what they do, like when I was commentating the PA Nats and Jesus had like a, like I've commentated with Ray with a thousand pounds on his back too, but it is, there's, it's fucking the weirdest feeling seeing these fellows in real life walking out like 455 kilo, like over a thousand pounds, walking that out and seeing the weights verberate in like back to back two men doing shit. Like it's, 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 um, it's weird, man. It's like, like, I shouldn't even be watching this. This is like the Titans were released and they're going to fucking battle. However, if Ray doesn't compete or doesn't, you know, can you justify, because remember there's opportunity cost. Can you put Ray in there? If he has doesn't compete from now until Sheffield, because you are going to take away somebody, you're going to lose somebody. Like like when you actually think about. So this is if I could have it all, I'm doing things like this. But you will take away from Michael Davis versus a Mill or uh, Jonathan Kaiko, and, and if you send Jonathan Kaiko, you're probably yeah. sending a Mill from Bulgaria, yeah. Krastev in the 93s. So so there's two right there but then there's a third from the regional as well so like this was regional qualifiers who made it as well so you think like when you put in a ray if he doesn't compete until then you're taking you're telling someone else you're not going because ray's going and that's when it gets tougher when it's like if ray hasn't competed um and i'm there's no right and wrong because i'm with you fellas if you're sbd and you're like look at if we want to sell this ray versus jesus what do you guys think I think I'll let Jerry go. Yeah, it it it's Ryan. It's a sport. I get it. People have their opinion about the fact that Ray hasn't competed for so many time for however long. He doesn't need to go and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, SPD is a business. Mm. They have a business model, right? And they have to sell. They don't just sit at home and expect money to flow from the sky. No, they have a marketing team. They have a business model they have to follow. So to me as a viewer, right, not as a lifter, no, forget about powerlifting, just as a viewer, what isn't going to be exciting? Is it bringing ML, Jonathan, and Chance, 393s, or Gay, Oliveris, and Williams together for a fight? And then they will close the show. You yeah. need a bang. And the only way you can get a bang on closing the show, you need to get big names where they can clash. That's how I see us, right? So we want to sell this. I think Russ was talking about this last time. He said, okay, we're just waiting for Sheffield to see if it's going to be a shit show or no. It looks like just going to be a normal me. Create a different. Let no make a normal me. Let no follow the rules, right? Let's go against the boundaries. Get Ray in. Even if he hasn't competed, get him in. That's, that's breaking the boundary. That's breaking, making Sheffield different. Let's make that difference. That's where my mindset is. Yeah, it's an interesting one, to be fair. But I think you could also make the counter argument that if you want SVD to be a continuous thing going forward and you want there to be a predefined or straight route to actually how you get to SVD, it's not just have the biggest clout or the biggest name. Ray just have legendary status. But um, I'm, I'm all for Ray coming. But I still I still see your point, Ryan, where you you mean like it's not fair for other lifters. If they've totaled over 95% IPF worlds, and they bumped down the queue because it's Ray Williams, which I think is fair. Um, it's it's it goes both ways, I think. Yeah, it, it could. I do understand though. Um, yeah, like, it, and there's a mixture that SPD was trying to toe that line where they said, okay, there's a direct pathway, 100%. You win worlds and do it within 95% of the world record. Say less. We don't give a shit. You're it. And then in terms of wild cards. That's when we get to have fun and we get to decide what the best matchups are. So we can have best of both. Look at it. Fuck. 
SPD's got to work it out for him. This is going to be some long nights of discussion. And it, even when they've made their picks, you know, they'll be like, holy fuck, I don't know. Maybe we should have went the other way. <laughs> like, you know, it's, you're just hoping against hope. Um, in terms of uh, just recently, USAPL has announced that they're going to start doing world records and international records and whatnot. Okay. I want to get your guys' opinion on, on some of this. So it's interesting to me because um, if you're going to start doing international competitions, like I cannot for the life of me picture United States of America, powerlifting British nationals. That's fucking crazy. Like that stuff like that can't happen. Right. Like, like, like worldwide and um, or United States of America, powerlifting world record, things like this just aren't going to carry outside of the U S like they might think that it will or entice other people And on the flip side, it raises questions as well. So they left the IPF in, uh, on the surface anyways, it was due to drug testing and a difference in terms of drug testing. But when you go and you just, they wanted to do their own model with that. Okay. But when you go international, the questions are going to start, it's going to start being, okay, yeah. now you'll, you could conceivably have like 60 nations across the world. If your if your biggest thing previously was because the IPF and WADA was like it's the standard of drug testing, the labs, who's doing the testing, etc., not just the number. And um, if the in the U.S. is like we're doing ten percent, you know, across the board, and um, it doesn't matter what labs we're using, and yes, we're doing our own testing. We're we're you know essentially marking our own tests. You know, in high school, okay, you know, when your buddies, you pass the paper to your left and your buddy marks your test for you. And sometimes to your left, it's your boy. Sometimes it's, it's some kid who fucking is going to give it to you. So it is what it is. But um, that's fine. Now that it's the rest of the world and there's some, like we're talking, whether it's like Russia, Germany, um, Japan, whatever, would some of the Americans be comfortable now being like, look at world records are being broken all over the world now. And they're meeting the 10% testing and they're testing the world record breakers. What labs did they use over there in, in Germany and Estonia? Well, that's not the standard in question though, huh? We're just, they meet the 10%. Well, who did the test? Mm -hmm. Somebody from the local gym. There was a local, you know, they held a nationals. It was, or an international event. But so now those questions, now it starts arising. Um, and I don't know if they're going to face this and be like, fuck me. Maybe we do want a standard of has to be the specific type of test in the, this lab. And it has to be this kind of official. Maybe they're, yeah. it, these questions got to surprise. What do you think fellas? No, we can start with you. Yeah. I think, I think they eventually when you're the, the main issue with international standard is you need, you need a big global body to maintain things. And that's where WADA comes in. Yes, the system is maybe flawed because some countries don't test as much as others, but it's a global body. It's, they, they control everything. It's independent. There's nothing you can do. No one controls it. Um, USAPL's model of testing 10% is admirable. It's very impressive. I think it's been highlighted that even though they test so much, it doesn't necessarily mean that they catch so many cheaters in the first place. Um, but once they start going international, you can't control that same standard of testing in other places, which is what the IPF is currently trying to do. I was trying to explain to them that that's why we rely on WADA to maintain that level of testing. So it's an interesting conversation. I think USAPL brings competition to the to the market. Competition always helps in one way or another, makes IPF step up the game. Um, so we'll see how it can out in the long term. What do you think, James? I think for me is IPF needs a federation that they can benchmark against, right? In terms of like, this is what we're doing, this is USAPL doing, how are we better than them? Uh, and this will push us forward, you know. It will get us to places where we want to get to. But in terms of like a USAPL international um, championship testing and a world record, all that stuff that I've read on the website is, again, one more mention there. If you don't have an international body to look after that, you know, like an umbrella, it's not going to work, right? Because what you do in the US is not the same thing they would do in Nigeria, right? Right. So <laughs> it's probably just... I will ask my, my dad to piss on the cup and give it to the referee and that's it, right? Because the US um, Fed is not there to check unless if they say, okay, we're going to provide resources in every single location where internationals are done, our own, um, what do they call themselves? The inspectors will come in to do the testing, maybe my work. 
But now you're talking now. Now they're becoming what, what they said they didn't want. Why they left is you can't tell us how to run it. You can't like you're becoming the IPF. Like you're you're becoming like it's like you can't you you know what I mean? It's yeah. So I just don't I I just I just don't see how it's gonna work. I really don't. I really don't. With yeah. that international body, I don't see how it's gonna work. Like. If they had focused on their own, like staying in the U.S., doing like, look, we're going to do the pro series, put our yeah. resources into this, um, you know, just go in a different direction and just offering a different pathway to people and be like, this is what we want. It was, it was unique. Um, that sounded all right. That's different. And, and you guys get to keep the model you had for testing because that's what you wanted. Okay. And if the rest of the world is like, gotcha, but we're not comfortable you guys testing yourselves. You could test 10%, 15%, 25%. But if you're testing yourselves, I don't know how comfortable we are. And the US is like, well, we are because it's us. So, all right, you guys can do your own path, whatever. But when you start being like, we're going to start becoming like another version of the IPF almost. Like you're trying to do international competitions, international records, international, but you want to, how does this work? Like you need us, once you start doing that, you're going to feel what the IPF felt where they're like, if we, we need it, we need to cross the board standards. And, um, and to do that, you, you need a, a governing body and then it becomes a conflict of interest start popping up. So yes, if there's something happening, whether it's, um, you know, Germany, France, Nigeria, Japan. It's like, who is testing these people? You're just testing your own. Like your national team coach is going to test your 83. And he broke a world record at an event that was quote unquote international or quote unquote national level. Now the U S is going to be like, I don't know how comfortable I am at that. Well, that is exactly what everybody else is saying. What was the chain of possession with these tests? Who did the test? Who was holding the test? Who brought it to the lab, brought it from the lab, filed the paperwork? Who's holding this on records? All of those questions that the rest of the world was always asking previously. Now they're going to start asking those questions and be like, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. Now you see what the issues always were with the rest of the world. And yes, there was problems with drug testing protocol period no matter what even with WADA where some nations aren't testing but there are these nations super fucking small and not sending a lot of lifters and when they get to worlds now they're susceptible they're in the world body potentially being tested but at their regional level like there's always going to be some issues but you have to overall what is the model that you're most comfortable with and I think most people when it becomes global is like you can't please yourself if you it needs to be across the board the same and the only way you're going to know the Europeans, the North Americans, the Asians, the South Americans are all the same is somebody who's all they do is drug testing and they step in like what? And it's like, we're, we don't give a fuck where you are, where you're from. It's going to be the same, same labs, yeah. same labs, same people not attached to any of these other federations. Don't know who you are. Don't give a shit. And we show up and we do our damn thing. Now you're going to start realizing that you've gone international. How do you make it the same for everybody? That. And it's luck of the draw. Like if it's all the cons are the same cons for everybody. All the pros are the same pros for everybody. It's just the same though. Now, now they're going to get it. I think, Bo, you keep, you go ahead, buddy. I know that you, you said completely everything makes sense. Everything you said is makes sense. When, it, when you, when you start talking global international, even with company and business, if you go international, you need a standard HR team. Like you need an, like you need someone who's just going to be able to police every single sector independent of each division it's like that's the only way it makes sense really but we'll see what the USPO lot do they have been talking a lot um, they have a lot of ideas they have a lot of cash <laughs> to throw around so yeah let's see what they do I think um, Ryan I think that's one of the points I wanted to make about these yeah, USAP yeah. noise going on around I mean professionally the job I do is sometime when you see a news article it tells you the title tells you a different thing but it does actually give you the impression to read everything else. So with this mm-hmm. USAP or the noise is going, right? Don't I'm thinking here, are they doing this because they want to put their names into people's mouth in conversation like this we're having, where we're talking about USAPL because of what they're doing, right? It's like, okay, if they don't do this, who's gonna talk about USAPL? Mm-hmm. All right? Yes. People talk about USAPL because Russ is lifting there, because Bob Murphy is there, you know, because Ashton is there. 
I think for me personally, I think USAPL should let the lifters lift their federation themselves, them, them coming with all of these politics going international. Oh, yeah, we're going to have all these I'm hearing like USAPL Canada or USAPL Australia. This was 1800. That time is gone. We're not in 1800s anymore. When we used to have like the Belgium, Congo, the, uh, the Nigerian, <laughs> uh, well, British, that's 1800. We're not going backward. We need to go forward, right? <laughs> So that's what I trying to colonize powerlifting for fuck's sake. Yeah, let's go forward. <laughs> let's go backward. So yeah, my point is just like they should let the lifters do the talking for for them for them then going into those politics. It, to me, I don't see working. It, it, it somewhat looks like um, like if you're if you're really worried about drug testing, and that was the the crux of why you had to leave. When you start doing things like this. It looks, it starts looking like it wasn't so much drug testing as you wanted to be another version of like an, a global body, international body, and you needed yeah. something to work. Like a, you needed a sticking point to have a rallying without, with everyone else within. Um, and so if your ambitions were like, fuck, we could go bigger, we could go global, we could be, you, you, need, you need some kind of righteous path than to just say that. You know, but when you see this happening, it's like, what are you, what is the end game here? You know, now 10% will be meaning now 10% will be meaningless when somebody on the other side of the world's like, yep, 10%. Yep. We did it ourselves. Just like you guys do. Yep. What labs did you use? Well, I mean, we don't, who the fuck cares what labs it is, what it is. We hit our 10%. Like, unless they start doing things like has to be specific labs has to be, um, you know, our people, but then what people will be like, all right, we'll join when a specific nation gets to oversee other nations drug testing, but they don't. Who's going to join? The, who's going to be like, I want to join up United States of America powerlifting Britain. And I am the United States of America powerlifting British champion. And all of our drug testing is done by a different nation, not my own nation. And nobody's going to do that kind of shit. Like it's, it's the, the idea isn't, I don't get it. I think their time and resources and everything they're doing is taking away what they could be doing. Keep diving into your pro series. Keep trying to do this. Keep, stay within, you know, be the NFL or whatever. I don't, I don't, I have issues on, I don't think that's, you're going to be you know, powerlifting in NFL isn't the same. And, and I don't want to see the same people clash five times throughout the year, but whatever, let's park that for a second. You, there's other things they could do. I think they're wasting time and resources, but um, it is what it is, fellas. We'll see. What I think this might hurt long-term. Um, we got like five minutes. Is there, is there anything that you guys want to talk about in terms of the British UK scene or just powerlifting in general in the last five minutes because uh, I know if time is fleeting. I'll be good. I'll be good. Like in terms of, I've got, could stretch it maybe 10, 15. I could run okay. for a train. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, just, well, I think me and Drews were talking and I think we wanted to highlight the juniors and the upcoming talent. In, Let's do it. In the UK. Like you've mentioned, um, like with things like Sheffield coming to the UK, Arnold's potentially, like Arnold's has always been a massive thing, but it's always been bodybuilding. And I think what you slowly, what I'm starting to slowly see in my area is uh, there's a lot of talent in the UK just just not being tapped into. Like we're having freakish juniors popping out of nowhere. I think recently you you might have heard of Erlov um, or Erlov, who just recently started competing less than a year. Yeah. Power, for 245 kg. She swims all day. She plays netball. She studies for university. She's an absolute unit. And then recently, I think uh, he's a 17 year old kid who's just started powerlifting, deadlifting, pulled 310 kg in his second competition within four months of competing. So there's so much talent out there, things like Sheffield coming to the UK and Arnold's coming to the UK and the Federation being willing to invest into the into the juniors and the sub-juniors. Um, we will see a, a new growth of lifters potentially in the future. And maybe we can start saying GB Hashitas. GB does have shooters. What do you think, Jones? I mean, I know you, you um, uh, Mo, you touch on, on the on the genius, but I mean, let's be realistic here. Yourself, mate. You know, <laughs> I know, I know Emil won the world championship in South Africa. If you ask me what was the performance of the 105, it was you. Right? So you came out of nowhere. You know, you were not there in 2021 or 2019 or 2020. No one knew who Mo was. You know, just to tell people what Britain has. As much as that we've been on the, on, on, on the downside of the Americans and everybody else, but we have got lifters that are coming. Right? So there's yourself more there. To me, literally, and Ryan, 
I watched it in 105. And when watching Mo, I'm thinking, damn, this kid could have won it. Literally, <laughs> you could have won it. You know? And at the Europeans, all I can tell people, wait and see at the Europeans. Right? Ooh. And then Mo's gonna Mo's gonna crush parties, gonna crush heart. Yeah, that is that's Britain right there. And then on the juniors, yeah, there's as you mentioned there, the youngest are coming. We have got like Nathan and eighty three. They're doing the Turkish World Championship in Turkey this year. Uh, the juniors, people will see Nathan on on on, on the map. And there's James. Right, James just told eight hundred and ten as yeah. is as a ninety three. Yeah. That was like his what? I think his what second me or first me as a ninety three. Yeah, so yeah. this is this is coming. Yeah. So we get in there. Yeah. No, 100% Britain's got shooters, man. It's in the juniors is an indication of like the health for the future, but not always. Some people just pop up into the open. You know what I mean? Like they, they never came through in the juniors. Like if you look at, um, okay. Jess Bittner, two-time junior world champion. So you saw her coming, but nobody saw Leah Babel coming. She just jumped into the open and how you like me now. So it's difficult, but I think more and more the sport grows. People are going to start jumping in at an earlier age and you can take a look at the juniors, but I am 100% with you in terms of British powerlifting. UK Arnold is going to bring it. And so is Sheffield in terms of the popularity in Britain, when you have massive events, it's it's when people get excited, that's when people start joining the sport. Fucking Sheffield being in the UK is massive. People are going to show up. The videos are going to go all over. I'm in some of these meetings with SBD where, um, cause I'm working it and the ideas they have fellas, I mean, Sheffield it's, they got ideas for this, for the live event. If you're there in the arena, it's, it's, it's going to be like no experience you've had in a normal powerlifting competition, but even like the promo videos and the streaming ideas, um, it's well in advance what they want to do. And when shit like that happens, I think it's going to bring in a lot of people throughout the UK when these videos start circulating. Cause they even want like, for instance, you know, they'll bring people in to have them in the audience, just like a boxing match or a UFC match. We're like, well, ringside we have, and they show like these, there'll be some influencers and whatnot there. They want big name people so that when you go onto your social media, you know, that's all you're going to see, right? You're going to, it's yeah. just Sheffield, you know, and, and all everything that's happening there. Um, I can't get into details, obviously, but there's, there's a lot of ideas floating around on what this could look like. Um, yeah. So we'll see. And also like SPD is helping the British team as a team. I'm talking about not just seniors, um, even the juniors, they're getting that help. So I think they understood the business model. They are, at the end of the day, they are a British company. If you don't start from home, there's no point of going to America. Start from home first. Build, build, let's build home. So they're building home in terms of like supporting the lifted with their travel, their um, key, their training, and all of that stuff. So it's happening. In the past few years, if you go back four or five years, they were not doing it. But now they are. And in, for instance, how many, pretty much the entire GB team in South Africa was sponsored by SPD. Maybe nice. two or, uh, one or two or three people that were not. But this just shows how much support they want to give to the lifter. It's not just about our lifting. And now it's all about, we have the athletes. Let's put them forward. So that's what they've been doing. That's what I'm thinking. That's actually helping nations like, such as us. People are encouraged thinking, do you know what? Let me work hard. SPD will see me. You know, let me actually put some work into it. So that's what I've been seeing for the past few years. But yeah, also powerlifting is growing on a global scale. Like countries like back home in Nigeria, I went home like a few months ago and like gyms are still an upcoming thing. Like people don't just go to the gym. It's like, if you have money and time, you go to the gym. But like, even then you've seen people having SPD issues. Like it's oh, slowly shit. growing globally. So I think SPD is doing a lot at home base in, in Britain, but like, investing in things like the chef of me is just going to increase that global perception and global scale that we might like we'll start seeing actual freaks coming out from different places yeah dude I, I've, I've said it before um you know i've seen documentaries there was like a documentary called fight world where this one dude was going all over the world all these different combat sports and one stop in nigeria and he was talking to a couple dudes and these dudes were massive muscular dudes, like 265 pounds, right? 120 kilo, jacked, jacked. 
and they're in a sport where there's like grappling and striking and whatnot. And the guy's like asking questions, like their training regime. And he's like, uh, so how often you fellas in the fucking gym? Cause you guys are jacked. And they're like, yeah. we don't go to the gym, man. We're training wrestling and takedowns and shit. And they're like, he's like, hold up. Cause these dudes, you gotta, you gotta like, these dudes look like Mo for fuck's sake, you know? And, 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 and like they're jacked and he's like, how the fuck though? So around the world, there are freak athletes all over the world and it's untapped talent and they need like a pipeline to get to, you know, whether it's financial help or just exposure to the sport is huge. And um, yeah. these are some of the things that, that like a company like SBD is trying to do, which is huge. Yeah. What do you guys think um, in terms of the British nationals and, and Mo, we're just going to wrap up on this one. Okay. Uh, Cause I don't want you to miss your train or nothing. Nah. <laughs> How are British nationals progressing over the years? Um, we get highlights, but what did you guys take on? What can, what can they do to progress even more in, in the progression that you've seen? I'll let Jerns go first on this one. He's, he's more experienced. He's been more experienced with the British Federation, like, cause he's been competing longer. So, yeah. I think right there is always a, a difference in terms of like where we start and where we are. So they, I think, powerlifting is moving as you said. Powerlifting is growing. The sport is growing. Everyone are getting access to the sport. Everyone are getting access to the barbell. I think with the British nationals, especially the national itself, let's say the national itself. I think personally, our federation should start doing a little bit more to give the lifter that experience because some people they were never going to get to the international standard where where the gb singlet right so their experience is oh i want to be a national lifter when i go to the nationals i just want to get my pictures i want to get my videos well done and all of that stuff is the experience i think that's what we should probably as a federation we should give the lifter that experience i'm not just saying go and get uh, lights and go and get cameras 100 cameras and all of that stuff get massive venue but a little bit of an improvement to where we are it will be really beneficial for the nationals. And also, it's going to bring the national to the map. You know, people will see, okay, we want to see the British. Like, for instance, every single year before the USAP or split with IPF, I mean, I don't know about other lifters out there. Personally, I was watching for the national to start in America. And I know it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, but I'll be here in front of my TV waiting for that 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm not just talking about 83. I'm talking about all class, way class across. Because it's just the experience we, we want to see. So we want to see that type of experience in the UK. We just have to do a little bit more on that. What do you think, Mo? Yeah, I think during highlight to the key point is the fact that um, British, almost like, I think one thing I've noticed, not to not to <laughs> shit on the British, British Federation itself, um, but I think people who did, who turn up to nationals right now turn up because they think they have a chance of going to an international meet, not necessarily because they just want to compete in powerlifting at a national level, um, which is a shame because people can live right next to nationals and just not want to turn up because they're like, it's not going to be worth it because I'm not going to place top five and it's just going to be an average venue. So having British nationals as an event itself, um, same thing like IPF Worlds, people will turn up because it's an event and like it's an experience will be really, really good. Um, and I think that's one thing we could improve on as a federation and also tap into the younger talents. We've got so many young kids out there that could make waves in the future. So give them nice venues also. That'll be good. And, and what about the European? Sorry, I said that was the last question. Do, do I got two seconds to squeeze something else in? Are you sure? Mo? I don't want you to miss your train. You got to bounce? I'm fine, man. I, I used to run 100 meters back in my day, so I'm good. My man. My man. Um, <laughs> The European Championships, the quality in terms of the lifting is absolutely fucking bonkers. Now, you have Emil Norling versus Anatoly. You got, um, you know, Leah Bavua, Corolla Gara. You have, like, you know, whatever. The list goes on. Eddie Berglund versus Pena. Like, just this is world class. When you talked about uh, Germans looking at the USAPL Nationals before they had split with the IPF, you were tuning in because, yeah, you could see, like, a, a whatever. Now the Europeans for sure is on that level. You know, I don't know if Americans are tuning into Europeans, but a lot of people throughout the fucking, I'm sure there are, but a lot of people throughout the world, they'd be missing quality top end at the Europeans. What is your guys' take on the European championships as a whole? Are you happy with how it is? Do you feel now it's on par with or closing in on? Because um, I mean, US market is split and that actually somewhat strengthens the European in terms of comparatively to other events. Now it's strengthened because it has not split, you know? And um, what do you guys take on the European scene like that? 
I think Euros this year will definitely be a massive statement um, on the world stage. I think you've got you've got you've got legends. Jurins and Enner will be going at it in the 83s. You've got Anatoly and Emil in the 105s. You've got Emil who will be coming back from the 93s going against um, what's his name, the Swedish lifter. I mean, you've got world class lifters throughout from men's and women's side. So I think you'll be missing out to not turn into the Europeans this year because a lot of the lifters who win Europeans this year would definitely be vying for first, second place at Wolves next year and will be challenging the Americans full and out. Oh, look at the women's, like fucking from Turbo Tiff to Naomi Alibert to Shizuko uh, to uh, Joy Namani. Like fucking forget about it. What do you think, Jerns? Yeah, I, I think the European will be will be a show this year. And I think, I mean, not, not a thing to USAPL, but I don't think the USAPL, what happened at the USAPL this year, especially what I watched, I'm not talking about the lifting, just what I watched. The lifting, the guys were tremendous. The way they hosted, the, the stream, everything was really bad. And the Europeans, I've learned from that, and we will give them a show. Again, as I'm saying, you go, people like Anna coming in with 399 attempts. He refused, <laughs> today, Lisa spoke to him, but he refused to take 400. He says he's not doing it. He's doing 399 at the repent. So if anyone can beat that as an 83 pulling 399, whether it makes you or not. But again, as you mentioned there, on the women's side, we pretty much have world champion. When I'm talking about world champion, I'm not talking about someone behind the, they call themselves world champion in the gym. No, IPF world champion. Mm -hmm. We have them at the European. So if it's not, that's not a show, I don't know what else it is. Well said. We can end it there, fellas. We have to fucking do this again. This was amazing. I love the conversation. I think we got a good chemistry going. Let's yeah. all agree we got to do this thing maybe regularly. This could be a segment <laughs> where we have a UK, right? Um, fellas, maybe. <laughs> yeah, the, for sure, man. Let's keep this going. So, all right. We'll end it there because I know you fellas got to run. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. And we'll talk in the DMs, fellas. See you guys. Bye.